walk up a pound, leave a trail headed my way, trying to fuck up my Oh, we're here. We're live. Welcome, everybody. It's nice to be back with you. It feels like it's been so long. It hasn't been that long. It's just because I sat in synagogue. And, like, a synagogue day is, like, nine regular days. So it feels like I haven't been here for, like, ten days. Which means it's going to take me a little bit of time to get the rest off and get back into the flow. But luckily, with these sweet Shedcast tunes in my ears, it's not going to take us too long to get into this. Because we are we are loaded with topics. There's never been an episode that's got more topics than what we've got going on today. And it looks like people are already uh, getting fired up in the chat. We've got St. Michael. He's a lawyer listener. He wants to know, will we be hopping over to Twitter after it starts? No, it's sometime in the middle. I'm, I've, I've done a better job. I reorganized the show so that we can do the broader stuff up front, and then when we get to the other stuff, we'll hop off. So we're going to be trying to keep the most offensive stuff for last so we can hang out on Twitter, and, you know, we'll backload it with the with the really insane shit, which maybe we'll get people to listen longer, check out the other platforms. I don't really have a plan here. And I would like to spend less time complaining about the mistreatment by YouTube and stuff because no one likes it. No one likes that content. So, you know, it's fine. Whatever YouTube wants to do, we don't care. We're going to hang out on the platform as much as we can and build up the other platforms. You know, that that's the way we're going to go. All right, let's get right into some topics because we got a bunch going on. Oh, by the way, August 5th, I'm going to be down in Texas with Scott Horton. We're doing another backyard gig. It's not summer porch tour. This is uh, this is unofficial porch tour. It's uh, it's non-porch porch tour. We're going to be outside, though. And I'm going to be doing stand-up. I'm going to be doing about 40 minutes, which is all the time that I have. And then uh, we're going to be doing a live podcast. Me and Scott Horton, we're going to be talking about nothing other than Star Wars. We're going to be Liberty Lessons from Star Wars. Here's why that happened. I was hanging out with Scott Horton at Porkfest, and we started talking about Star Wars. And I was like, we should be doing this on a podcast. This is some fascinating shit. Because I was nerding out. He was nerding out. I'm embarrassed. He's gone even deeper than I have. Like, I've watched the cartoons. I've watched all the movies. He's actually read comic books and like the books. So he's on, he's on a different level, which you can expect from Scott. So I'm excited for that. And then August 4th, no, August. What the fuck am I talking August? November. I'm, I'm really bad with dates. There's something wrong with my brain. November 4th in Dallas, November 5th in Austin. And then I'm trying to get that Sunday in, uh, in Houston. If anyone's got a lead for Houston, hit me up. If not, I might be doing Arizona on that Sunday or that Thursday beforehand. Uh, but going to be a lineup of uh, some fun shows, and then I'll have more dates coming at you guys. All right, let's get into some news drops here. What do we got? Here we go. First up, is there anything gayer than making a movie about a gay couple and then getting mad at straight people for not wanting to watch your gay movie? I deserve to be watched and loved and for everyone to like my thing. Have we reached peak gay, and how might this affect global warming? Vice President Kamala Harris was in a car accident because of a mechanical failure. And was it mechanical failure or the driver going, if you don't fucking stop laughing and telling me about space, I'm going to crash this car into a pole. Enraged with Kanye West, people are saying it's easy to say you support white people, but what are you actually going to do for them? In other news, Melinda Gates was quoted saying, I had some reasons. I just couldn't stay in that marriage anymore. And we'd like to know if those reasons include your husband's desire to enslave the human race. Were you sick of sleeping next to a storing man who is going, I'm going to make me bugs. I'm going to have him drink toilet water. And I'm going to enslave him. All right, what are some other news topics? Are frameworks for understanding ever helpful? Or are newfound frameworks just the best way of describing that you've come up with nothing? That's for all you nerds out there that actually paid attention to the Nobel Peace Prize winners. All right, we only got three more left. Herschel Walker serves as a friendly reminder 
not to leave a paper trail when committing baby murder. EU officials back calls for a natural gas cap. Oh boy, it's the end of the thing, but it's going to repeat. It's going to come back. And then I can get the last couple stories and just wait. Just wait through the soft hums. Just wait through the, the soft hums. Just wait. Just wait. Hold on. Maybe I just have to press the button again. That didn't work. There we go. More news drops. Get excited. EU officials back calls for a natural gas cap. Will world leaders holding hands and using their collective imaginations to defy the rules of scarcity work? That one was a mouthful. All right, last one. Nicole Mann becomes first Native American woman to travel to space. Isn't this too specific of a category to celebrate? What's next? The first Puerto Rico of an off-tan brown shade? Also, first in your category. Doesn't that highlight categories? All right, that's it for the news drops. And like I said, dude, we're going to restructure the show where if you just watch the first 10 minutes, you can literally know every single news topic that happened in all the news. Are you going to walk out more informed? I don't know. You're just going to be aware of all the things that everyone else is talking about and why it's complete confusion and bullshit, which I think is helpful. I think it's helpful to be informed about how no one else really knows anything. And then you can be condescending towards other people. And what feels better than being condescending? Then knowing that whatever they're saying probably isn't true and that you've got better information about it. And then you can show up at like parties and make everyone else feel like an asshole because they try and float some conversation. And then you're like, nope, I actually know the way that thing works. And then you get to make everyone else feel worse about themselves. That, that's the thrill of sitting down and doing your homework. All right. So first is Trump is suing, suing CNN over the big lie. And I would think if you were going to sue CNN, you'd sue them over like all the Russia talk or the Nazi comparisons, like why of all the things that you would sue them for. So I get it. CNN, they're a propaganda network. And, uh, you know, they kind of got to you. They spent two full years talking about how you were actually a Russian asset while you weren't. Even Rachel Maddow got in trouble. And then they uh, said, nope, she's just an entertainer. So she can make up whatever story she wants. And the new person, by the way, not not doing as well in the ratings. They got to do a better job of fiction. You got, you got to just show up and you got to write better stories because the new lady's actually trying to report the news. It's not working out too good. So Trump is trying to sue uh, CNN for like $430 million. I think that was the number off the top. Pulling, pulling shit out of my ass. I believe it was $430 million. Uh, and I think he's suing them for the wrong story. I mean, you did make up the whole you know, election thing. So sue them for the other stories where they actually did nefarious shit. Like when they were talking about you being a Russian asset, you could sue them for that. I would think that would be interesting. And then if you can actually sue them over this stuff, can someone sue them over their Corona coverage? Oh shit. This might already fuck. I meant to put this stuff later in the show. All right. Maybe we'll get by everyone. Hold your hands and just hope that they don't hear this part. Cause I got much better Corona stuff later and I really don't want the channel pulled. Oh, fuck me. I gotta get better organized. All right. Well, let's go with the simple stuff, the things like, Hey, if you take this medication, you're not going to be able to get infected. I think that that everyone agrees that that one turned out was not true in the end. So that one definitely wasn't true. Or even Deborah Burke said that they knew that the medication was, uh, the MRNA vaccines were not going to prevent you from getting sick. So they always knew that. So there were certain things in regards to the COVID vaccine that now a year later, we can certainly say turned out not to be true, uh, which includes, you know, I guess if you're a lady uh, who now has increased menstruation, perhaps safe was the wrong title for you, perhaps. So we might not be able to go after the vaccine companies, 
in that they were selling us a product. The FDA approved their product. And so they approved them with an emergency authorization. But can you perhaps go after a news network for clearly reporting things that turned out to be false? I don't know. I'm just floating it out there that if Trump can sue CNN and possibly the fact that that's even a case that he's going to sue them over the coverage of the big lie. He's saying that the usage of the term the big lie uh, ties him in with Nazis and they kept trying to make him look like a Nazi. But that was like always CNN's thing. Seems like the wrong story to try and, uh, you know, try and go after them over. All right. North Korea's firing missiles over Japan. And it's like North Korea sitting there in the corner. It's like, hey, if, if you guys are talking about nukes, like we want to be in this conversation. We're the nuclear country people. I mean, if you're talking about nuclear threats, don't forget we got these bombs too. Like can other people like, well, why don't they just take a time out and go, wow, other people are doing, or maybe it's like other people, they need to make sure that their nukes are up and running and they've been buying the te technology from the North Korea. And so they're reassuring them like, no, 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 our shit works. Like, look, we'll fucking fire it over Japan. You don't think our shit works? But I would just think, like, with all this other shit, North Korea, why, why, why aren't you chilling? You know what I mean? It's like you're not on the radar right now. Why don't you uh, enjoy not being on the radar? Why are you trying to insert yourself into this? You know, you just chill. All right. Next was uh, this is a very interesting court case that I read about that YouTube is being sued uh, for its algorithm recommending people information that then got them to join ISIS. So this was back when uh, YouTube, I think, was a freer landscape. When uh, people like me, you know, weren't wasn't getting censored. You didn't have all the corona misinformation. It's basically before Donald Trump got elected. They realized once Donald Trump got elected, oh, we can't just have freedom. Because if we just have freedom, then people actually just get information and they make their own decisions. And then they don't make the decisions that we want. So we can't have that. We're going to have to make some corrections to this system. This, this system's not working if someone like Donald Trump could get elected. Before, we owned all the TV networks, right? We did our propaganda. And a guy like this, he would never get his story out there. But now with their Twitters, with their YouTubes, with their Facebooks, with their social media, a guy can just present his case and we can't keep people from seeing that. And if we can't keep people from seeing that, they might make their own decisions. I'm going to get censored again. Oh, boy. All right. Here we go. You know, we might just uh, I'm going to think about this at another point in time. So here you go. You've got a section. uh What's interesting about this is so YouTube and all these other platforms, they hide behind the Section 230, which basically says that they're just an open platform. Anyone posts content. And so they're not liable for the content there. But then what happens when they start removing some of the content? Doesn't that then make them an editor? Doesn't that then have doesn't that then put liability on them that if they're or if they're taking it upon themselves to decide that some content can't be there and they overlook some of the content? Doesn't that make them bear some responsibility? But now this question is even more interesting because it's saying if it's actually recommending bad information, even information that got people to go out there and become terrorists, so then maybe the algorithm, since it's actually recommending content, it's not just a passive place in which people are dumping content and then you can go find it, would actually create some liability. I thought it was interesting. Don't know all the ins and outs. That's why it's in the don't make sense section. But like I said, you listen to the don't make sense question in the news drops, you're going to know every story that existed in the news over the last couple of days. And then you can be more confused about it. And like I said, if someone says, hey, I know what's going on. You can be like, no, you don't. And here's why you don't. All right. Here's another crazy one. The UN has asked the Fed to stop raising interest rates. 
because apparently as our interest rates go up and our currency gets better, all the people that got debt in U.S. dollars are getting fucked. People got to get out there. They got to buy food. They got to buy all sorts of things. And if the U.S. dollar is getting better, they're all in trouble. The problem with the U.N. making a request like this, the United States government, is don't we get to make decisions about what works for us? Don't we get to be our own country? It really seems like they're really trying to move towards this one world government type thing where it's like every I mean, they're already working in lockstep. All these central banks are working together. And I'm not saying that what we're doing has been good or helpful to third world countries that have been borrowing from us. And I'm not saying that maybe the Fed shouldn't take into account not fucking over third world countries. I understand all of that. But the fact that the U.N. is trying to boss us into something and then at the same time, they're starting to come up with rationing for oil, which how's that going to work? I was reading another, we we played a couple days ago, but you had this article out in Germany about all these failing businesses because of rising natural gas costs. And then apparently a similar thing is going on in England. And so they're stepping into this. And instead of going, my God, maybe we shouldn't have had this war with Russia now. Maybe after two years of Corona, when they sat down at the big old table and they're deciding on what wars to have to make sure that the global elites can have their profits, they might've gone, hey guys, I don't think we can afford this war right now. Like, I get it. Well, we'll do the Russia thing. But you just got to give us like two years because the economy has been fucking shot. We just spent trillions of dollars on uh, on fucking COVID payouts. We just had to bail out the banks. We can't be fighting wars right now. I mean, we're first coming out of this Corona thing. You think this is a good time to be fighting? I'm sorry, guys. Like, listen, I would like to have this war and death and profits as much as you guys would. It's just it's bad timing. We're going to have to revisit this maybe next quarter once we get all these supply line issues hashed out. But. The creepy part is that we seem to be going the other way with this, which is an opportunity for people to kind of take ownership of little little areas of the economy. Uh, you know, this is just proof of the fact that we need more windmills. We can't be relying on other people's energy. Uh, and then stepping in and going, we're going to need rationing. That's how we're going to solve this problem. It's with rationing. Uh, all right. DACA has overruled deferred action. All right. Th- this one's wild. So you've got that uh, the, the, the people, I think, <laughs> I'm really working off the title here. People are sneaking into the country and they're, uh, they decide that they're going to have deferred action. It's literally called deferred action. And so now that they discovered that that policy was illegal, can't you just take the action? Like you didn't tell the people they could legally be here. It sounds like you decided to punt it. It's like every other policy. You go, listen, we're formally not going to make a decision about this now. We're not, we're not even saying that it's a problem. We're just going to not take action about it. So to make everybody happy and pretend like there's no problem here, we're going to punt on this. We're both going to let you stay. And then we're not going to make any official ca- like the statement about your, your status here. There's so many levels here that makes zero sense. If you run for office because you want to be in politics, the idea is that you're going to actually solve problems, and that you're capable of solving problems. So then how do you do that? And then also write laws which are, hey, we're going to take care of this at another point in time. We're going to create a formal policy to punt this for later. And then how do you create a formal policy that's illegal that doesn't get in front of a judge to say, hey, that's illegal for a full 10 years? Like we need to have some sort of a clawback structure that if you as president, like you shouldn't be allowed to make executive orders without proving that they're legal first. That should be like the beginning of the executive orders. The way it exists now is I guess a president just does an executive order And then there's some sort of long-winded process where it finally gets to a judge and the judge goes, oh, yeah, you're not allowed to do that. I mean, it's happening right now with Biden on the uh, 
on the student loans where it seems like they jumped on it a little bit quicker to go that that that's illegal. But I'm just saying structurally, how do you have that a program called deferred action firstly is labeled as illegal and now you're not just taking the action. You're telling the people, hey, we're, we're still going to figure it out. I mean, the idea was that you were punting until a decision was going to be made. And I guess now the decision's being made. And the problem with talking about the immigration stuff is that you just start, you sound like you're evil, like that you don't like, I like open borders. I wish that the things were just open, but guess what? You're giving these people free stuff that other people have to pay for. So it doesn't work. You can't just have endless people coming in. And then also if we live in a system where people get to vote. So if other people don't just want the borders to be open, you don't just get to like sneakily do the thing that they don't want. That's not a fair system either. And then just pretending like everything is fine and then not wanting to take action and write the laws because nobody wants to look as e look like they're evil. Well, that, that's the job. You ran for the job because you said, I'm going to be the person that actually stands up to the plate and makes a decision here. I know this is all like OCD fucking like autistic talk of like where you really break it down to just very simple. Hey, if you said you were going to do something, then you got to do the thing. And if not, you got to let someone else do it. It's like it's pretty simple. Or if you're going to say, hey, we're not going to make a decision about this, which is a very weird policy. Hey, we're making a formal policy that we're not going to make a decision on something. And then the new guy comes in. The judge actually goes, well, you know, clearly there was some. Yeah, of course, there were benefit from the policy. There's benefit if you give charity to people. Of course, if someone steals and gives charity to someone else. Like, yeah, that's nice. That's really cool. Other people got the charity. But then if you come in and go, hey, that wasn't hit for him to give then that's the only thing you're supposed to be doing as the judge is making the ruling on that. I know the autism, it makes things a little bit too straight and too simple. All right, let's take a break here before we finish my list of things uh, here. We'll take a couple comments. What do we got going on here? Tyler Lewis, uh, great take on the news. Keep speaking your mind. It might be a good idea to put this on Rumble for when you get banned for speaking the truth. We are currently on Rumble. Uh, it's just that we stream to Rumble and then I don't go back and post it. And I don't think it remains live. Zach Z, uh, would building a trench be cheaper than building a wall? I don't know. Could be. I don't know much about trenches. St. Michael, trenches work great in tandem with walls, e.g. most medieval moats and castles. Or you know what you could do is in the middle of the, the, the thing, you could put like one of those glue traps. You know, like the glue traps you put when you got mouse, you can make the whole bottom thing sticky. And then, you know, I mean, they'll probably just like have to leave their sneakers. Like you don't want people like stuck in there forever. But then like on a day, like, maybe even once an hour, you can just go down there and be like, all right, you got you to go back. Sounds simple. You know, these are the solutions that you can bring to the table. And after such a mean spirited joke like that, what could be a better time than to introduce the audience to a brand new sponsor? How much fun is this? We got a brand new sponsor. What do we got? Jake's CBD. Check it out right there, right in front of you. Jake's CBD. All of you out there, you all know the benefits of CBD. I don't have to go on and on about what's good about this stuff. You've heard about it plenty of times. It's like marijuana. Don't get you high got a lot of the benefits supposedly that's what people claim to take the stuff anti-anxiety anti-depression helps me sleep help with muscle soreness you go look down that list oh my god people got all sorts of claims about what cbd is doing for them so by now you probably like cbd you probably already take cbd but here's what you didn't know if you're like me you're a fucking add lunatic you're always looking for things to chew on you're always looking for snacks you're always looking to have a smoke have a drink have a jerk off in the afternoon eat some cake you're fucking antsy you're wound up you're a crazy person. And so that's what's nice about the pouches. Firstly, come in all sorts of different flavors. They're delicious. I've had a couple of these. And you put it in your mouth, and you get to squish it around. You get to enjoy the flavors. It's not like high calorie. It's not like eating cake. And it's got all those benefits of CBD. So uh, go check out Jake CBD. And if you're using my promo code, you're going to get 15% off. What's that promo code? It's ROB. Use promo code ROB. 
for uh, 15% off. Let me make sure I got the website here right. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Jakesmintchew.com. Everybody, that's jakesmintchew.com. Use promo code Rob, you're going to get 15% off. And they got tons of products. It's not just the chew. Firstly, he's great. If you've always been like a dipper, if you're one of those people, which is disgusting. I don't know who still does that. I mean, it's kind of like the coolest, especially when people are like real discreet about it. Like I had a coworker. He always had a cup of coffee and he was like spinning into that. You never would have known. He used to play baseball. But otherwise, I mean, it's the most disgusting thing in the world. But he could get away. He would just get away with it all day. And for what I understand, like, uh, 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 tobacco chew, that's a fucking buzz. I don't know. I never did it because I, everything I've heard from people is that, like, they throw up the first time. And I'm not good, like, on mechanics and stuff. I, I'm a spaz. I would just end up swallowing this stuff. I would, like, all the time just be in a conversation be like, oh, I just swallowed this stuff that's in my mouth. But here's what's nice about this. It's in the pouch, and it's not tobacco. So you don't have to worry about that stuff. And if you're trying to quit chewing because it's super cool but disgusting, I mean, really disgusting, so this is perfect for that. And then they got all sorts of other products. Like, I, I'm not into fancy soaps, but if you're out there and you're into, like, super fancy soaps, you got girlfriends coming over all the time, you're trying to show off how fancy your soap is, you can get high-end soap from Jake Smith Chew. They got the they got this fancy blue soap. It's all high-end, smells nice, makes your asshole feel good. Maybe it's got CBD in it. I didn't do that much research. All right, last time we're going to plug it. Jakesminchew.com. Use promo code Rob. You get 15% off if you're into CBD products. They got a whole bunch of stuff. I like their chew. All right, moving on. What else do I got on my list? Let's go back to my list. Let's go back to my list. We got more topics here. Uh, oh, this actually, this is right on, this is right on, uh, right on topic. Marijuana felonies getting out of jail. How bad is shit coming down the pike where Biden's throwing a Hail Mary pass here? And I, I'm not fully aware of the law of specifically who's going to be letting out of jail. Uh, but he made the announcement saying that for too long, we've been putting people in jail for small felonies. We've been treating them people the wrong way. And so we need to let all these people out of jail that are just in there for possession of marijuana. And firstly, cool. I, if that's actually what you're doing, if you're actually going to let people out of jail that just got petty, uh, petty drug crimes, God bless. That's awesome. You're actually making the right decision. But don't you need to make one really big apology? I mean, you're the president, you've been in office for a really long time, and so you've kind of been endorsing a policy for a very long time that you're now saying is racist. You're saying that there's been a racist policy that we've been keeping a disproportionate amount of um, black and brown people. He actually used that language. Doesn't that make it more offensive? Can you just be minorities? Isn't minorities the better term? But okay, you know, I, I can't solve all the problems in one episode. So Biden's up there, and he's saying, we've had a terrible policy. It's mean-spirited. It's uh, it's racist. And we've been putting people in jail for uh, these little drug crimes. But then don't you have to like I, I mean, it's the same OCD thing. Don't you have to do a review of what other policies do we have in the books? Like, why? Why now? Why is it that suddenly like were you just holding on? I think someone tweeted this to me on Twitter. It makes sense. Were you holding on to this little card where you're like, OK, I know that this is terrible and wrong, but I'm going to wait for the right moment to stop the human suffering of people that don't need to be in jail being in jail. So that maybe if I'm dipping into too much of the strategic reserves and driving up prices too much and starting wars, at least I can earn a couple brownie points if my offering people free tuition doesn't work out. 
So if I really end up in a bind, I'm not going to do this nice thing for the sake of it. We're going to hold on to this. What other terrible things is government currently engaging in that if Biden fucks shit up enough, he might actually reverse the policy? Is that what it takes to get policies reversed? Is that you need things to get so horrible and terrible that you finally uh, go, all right, you know what? We're going to we're going to we're going to unscrew the latches of the of the pain that everyone's in a little bit, just a little bit, because and how come nobody did this before him? If if they if they have so much insight about how the policy, everything that everyone's been saying forever, they seem to know. He just parroted back to us like he just discovered it. It's like no one was aware of this issue, and he just discovered it today. It just happened today. I mean, so good, good. My guess is like it's uh, I guess it's it's it, it it's a step in the right direction. Uh, but there still is something shameful about like it, like so all the people that just have represented or pushed this policy. Is anyone get in trouble for it? Like why and why did it take this much time to unwind? Like it's not enough to just unwind it and move on. Uh, all right, OPEC product cutting production and Biden going deeper in, deeper into strategic reserves, guys. This is a bombshell story. This is a bombshell. You know, get into your bomb shelter right now because this story is so big. You better be prepared for it. So Biden went over a couple months ago. He went over and he was like, guys, I'm having a problem with these oil prices. It's really making me look bad. Suddenly, people are talking about inflation. I've got a game that we've been playing in my government for a long time. We print as much money as we can. We try and hand as much free things to people as possible. And we try and pretend like we can afford all of it. And then hopefully, if we offer them enough free goods, they'll keep us in office and we can pretend like the people that won't let them have these free goods are evil. And uh, I'm having a problem because there's this thing called inflation that when you print too much money, the prices go up. And if the prices go up too much, people don't care about all the free shit you offer them because they can't just afford things like they're out and they're working their jobs. And Americans, they do like to feel like they earn what they keep. So we need to keep this illusion in place that you can work a job and that if you've actually figured out a job that pays you money, the money does something for you. We can't be in a situation where even people in the middle class who worked really hard and got jobs can't afford basic necessities because if I have to then socialize everything to them, then we then we just erode the value of the entire system, right? So this is the conversation that he had because Biden, he understands this. So he sits down with Saudi Arabia and he goes, listen, we got a problem here. We got this war going on with Russia and I need more oil in the world. I need more oil because we got to get these prices to come down. And he begs them. He goes, I'm so sorry that I criticized you killing people in Yemen. I don't even think you really criticized them. I forgot what his statement was, but he made some sort of a statement that uh, kind of pissed off the Saudi Arabians. So he went there. Yeah, I'm so I'll do whatever you need. I just need these oil prices to come down. You got to come down. You got to help me. Yeah, help me. Yeah. And you know what they did? They went, nope. They're, uh, they, they basically just sold Biden out to dry. They said, we're actually going to cut down their oil production. Now, cutting down the oil production makes sense. They're looking at the American economy. They're looking at the fact that people are spending less. They're realizing that there's going to be less demand for oil. And so they're going to actually decrease the production of oil so that they can make sure that the price stays high. And now, if you work in an industry and the only thing that everyone is saying about your product is that we have to make sure that we never go out and buy their product again, so then you better make sure that you can profit off the product while people still need it. If people are blatantly telling you, hey, we're investing in the resources to outsource your position. So then you got to start thinking, all right, in three years from now, I'm I'm allowing these people to outsource me. Imagine if like you figured out your job that you're literally training the people that are going to replace you. 
So you would go back to your boss and go, all right, I'm only doing this if you're going to spend more money with me. Like, why would you just be blatantly told, hey, we don't want your product anymore. We're doing everything we can so that we don't have to rely on your product anymore. But we also need to be able to consume more of it while we need it for cheaper. I mean, who's going to agree to that? And now, if you start, at least in my opinion, Gene Epstein, who's been a great resource on the show. I hope to have him back on soon, specifically to talk about some of the things happening in the financial landscape. Uh, he said that he does not believe in basically the whole petrodollar theory. Uh, but I would think if more of the world is already moving away from supporting us in regards to oil prices, uh, does that then lead more of an avenue for more trade to be going on outside of our currency? Like it would seem to me that this was a pretty blatant move of uh, the OPEC countries just being like, nope, we're not going to have your back. We're moving on. And uh, that's, uh, I mean, I don't like Biden. So, you know, it's kind of nice to see him eat crow, uh, but oil prices are not going to be coming down. Uh, all right. A couple more of these topics. Reverse re repo hits record of 2.4 trillion. Current rate is 3.5%. So we've talked, spoken about this before. Before the COVID hit, you had banks were being lent money in the in 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 the repo market. They didn't have enough cash to close their doors at night, and so the Fed started giving them enough money so that in the repur in the repo market, which is basically I think just overnight loans. But now the banks have so much cash on them with nothing to do that they're just parking it at the Fed. They get more free money with their free money. Not only is there like all the credit expansion and who's printing the money and then who handed it to who, but now any money that you have on hand. You can just go park at the Fed, assuming you're a bank, and you get paid 3.5%. Now, I don't know if that's a nightly rate. I mean, is that possible that every single day that it's there, you're earning 3.5%? Because that seems insane. I mean, I don't even have enough of a finance brain to do the math on that. Because like people are talking about the uh, um, the I bonds or whatever those bonds are that the government's offering, the inflation bonds that so they're currently paying like 9.6%. But I'm going to guess that that 9.6% is like on a yearly basis. How does that compare with like a bond that pays an annual yield of 3%? Now, I might just have that wrong. I'm telling you straight up. A lot of times I say like I'm not sure on things. Like this one I'm really not sure of. But it's crazy to think that banks are able to just park free. I, what, I, I Not even their like free money. I mean, they're not paying it back to us. If you have a savings account right now, is the savings account just paying you 3%? Because whatever money the banks have on hand, they're able to just park at the Fed and get 3.5% on. And uh, currently, it's uh, $2.4 trillion are parked at the Fed. Um, all right, last quick topic is that they dropped charges against seven officials in Flint, Michigan water crisis. Has anyone been held responsible for that one? I mean, they fucked up pretty bad. People were literally being poisoned. Did anyone go to jail for that one? Anyone actually found to be responsible? I mean, how is it that, like, it's it, once again, it's years later, Epic fuck up. People in government literally poisoned people, told them that water was safe that wasn't safe. Is there anything that could be more evil than that? Yellow water is coming out of your sink and government's like, oh, that's fine. I got a story for you guys, by the way. I, this day, this was like maybe two years ago. I went out. I did some rigorous exercise. What exercise was I doing? I don't remember. Maybe I went for a long bike ride. Maybe uh, I went for a run. I don't know. But I came back and usually if I, I must have gone for a bike ride. I don't go out with water. I drink a bunch of water and then I come back real thirsty. And I came back thirsty as fuck. And I had this purple water bottle. So it was like clear, but purple. And I go to the sink and I fill up a whole thing and I drink it. And then I fill up the whole thing again and I go to drink it. And then I go to the bathroom and I take a piss and I flush the toilet and it comes out literally purple. 
And then I go to the other bathroom. It's purple. Then I go to the sink and I fill up a cup of water in like a normal cup and it's fucking purple water. And then all the neighbors are coming out in the street. Holy shit, is our water purple? Is our water purple? And then people are calling up the water company and they're like, yeah, we did this thing, but don't worry, it's safe. There's no way that water was safe. There's no way. Of course you would say, oh yeah, it's safe. And how am I ever going to prove if in a couple of years from now, I end up with like a medical problem that it was from that purple water on that random fucking day? Of course not. But then to have that on a daily basis and government officials just being like, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. We tested it. We're the people you can rely on. It's totally fine. Has anyone gotten in trouble for that? And it's important because you look at the whole Corona story of what went on here. I mean, if no one's getting in trouble over the fucking yellow water coming out of people's faucets, being told them that it's fine. Is there any infrastructure whatsoever for getting government officials in trouble for when they make pretty epic blunders, especially in the Environmental Protection Agency? And you're like, no, the water's fine. Well, it's not. All right. New York Times on Wednesday, the judges wrote that while they agree with the lower court that the DACA program is not legal, they also recognize that DACA had profound significance to recipients and many others in the 10 years since its adoption. The Justice Department was working with the Homeland Security Department on a response uh, to the ruling. Let me lower this. Get rid of that. All right. I don't have much to say on that. Uh, and then Here's another one. This is doubling down on Tinkerbell politics. The White House reacted in a statement on Wednesday from National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and Economic Advisor Brian Deese by calling the production cuts short-sighted. The statement also said that the decision was a reminder of why it is so critical that the United States reduce its reliance on fossil fuels. So here you go. You got the OPEC countries are making less of their oil available. Uh, and part of that is because we're relying on their oil because I don't think we frack and pull as much natural gas. We shut down the Keystone. We've told energy producers over here that they might as well cash in on whatever investments they've made because down the line, we don't want their oil. And so now we're more reliant than ever, especially as he shut down Russia, I guess, which would be another provider of these resources. So everyone's more reliant on OPEC. And then, you know, we look to them for something and they don't give it to us. And our response is, this is more proof than ever of why we need to reduce our reliance on fossil fuels. And this to me is like, if there was like a stream, you lived in a town and there's a perfectly good stream. It's a beautiful stream. You've never seen a stream like this in your whole life. There's fucking fancy bonsai trees and all sorts of different colors. They got the rock gardens coming and this stream, it just comes down every day, endless, fresh, clean water. And you could show up any day and you could just hold a cup to this thing of water. Hundreds of years, people have enjoyed this water. You can hold a cup to this stream of water. You could drink that cup of water. Most delicious, freshest water you've ever had in your life. You've never tasted water this good. It's cold, crisp, and it is delicious. And then one day, some guy, he gets out there and he opens up a newspaper and he decides to take a royal mountain of fucking diary in the morning shit into this stream of water. He's sitting there and he opens up a newspaper and you can't even believe how much diarrhea that this guy's spraying out of his asshole. He's like me on a road trip, decided to eat cheese late at night. This guy's just spraying all the diarrhea. It's a fucking fountain of diarrhea. It's like you pulled the bottom of a bathtub out and then it starts making that bubbling noise and you're on the other side of this, but it's just brownness and it's going into that thing. And people are looking at him going, why are you fucking up our water supply? And he goes, this is why you should have other water supplies. This is why you shouldn't just be relying on a single water supply. This is why I've been, I've been the guy talking about how we need to start bigging other wells and buying it for my company. And you guys were saying, hey, this thing's an endless water supply. We've relied on it for 100 years. Scientists have looked and they said it's got everything that we need here. 
but you didn't take into account the fact that I might shit on them. You didn't take into account that I might park my bloody dirty asshole into this water and fucking shit in it and ruin it when you said that it was going to be reliable. So it's just showcasing the fact that this thing is not nearly as reliable as you had thought it to be. Or imagine if you had like a really great client at your job. You know, you got a really great client, someone like a Yo Kratom, loyal all year round, sponsoring programs, even if you make wild claims about the coronavirus. And someone else in your company gets on the phone, calls up your best client, and tells them to go fuck themselves. And then they go, well, that's why you shouldn't be relying on that one client. I've been telling you, you better initiate more new business. Yeah, you've ruined these relationships. You've ruined that product. That's not proof of the fact that this other thing that doesn't work was a good idea. You just ruined the other thing. All right, I think I made my point. Uh, all right, here I watched a 20-minute vi video of uh, Colonel uh, McGregor on with Judge Knapp. I would recommend that you guys go watch this whole video. I think uh, it's nice when you can find an expert in a topic, cutting through all the bullshit, and at least it would seem to me giving you uh, giving us the most accurate representation of this of the situation in Russia and Ukraine. Why do I say the most accurate? Because eh, usually I can just tell when people are fucking lying, right? And it seems to me like this guy is, uh, or maybe I'm just so addicted to counter point of views that I'm a sucker for it. And the second someone else steps in and goes, everything that they're telling you isn't true. And here's, usually it's a function of what makes more sense to me. But with that, I watched a full 20 minutes. I recommend going to watch this entire thing. It is a worthwhile listen. But here's a particular piece about the referendums that I haven't heard anyone else say and I thought was very interesting. Let's give it a listen. Referenda uh, that took place in the portions of sorry i think i gotta make an adjustment as to where that sound is coming from in order for you guys to hear it give me one second All right, I have, uh, is that, was there sound originally? And I just switched it to no sound. I'll, I'll give a second for the uh, comments because I see people coming in with the comments for letting me know that I messed this up, that there was sound originally. All right, let me, I'll switch it back to then the way it was. Um, man, every time I come back to this, it's a different setup. All right, tell me if this works now and if it's not doubling back referenda uh, that took place in the portions of Ukraine that Putin says always were Russia mm -hmm. and that Zelensky says Putin has stolen and American neocons say is a land grab. Do they have credibility? Do they have respectability? Do the people there who I think you have said are largely Russian speaking truly want to be a part of Russia? Well, I 
consulted my sources, in fact, last night at some length, and they reported to me that the turnouts have been huge and that uh, it is overwhelmingly supportive of joining Russia. And the one thing that is annoying the hell out of uh, the Russian population in eastern Ukraine is that uh, the Ukrainians have tried to shell Russians going to vote on their way to the voting booth. Ukrainians uh, have shelled Ukraine? Well, to, these are not to... Ukrainians. These are Russians. Remember, these people have always been treated as third-class citizens inside Ukraine. They because were they're, Russian, they're ethnic Russians and they're Russian-speaking. Yes, and they, they were told either you become Ukrainian or you can get out. And these people had nowhere to go. And initially, when again, this is part of the problem with the Putin's approach at the outset. When they went in, the Russians, the Russians were not there to seize territory. And they told everybody, we're here to destroy the Ukrainian threat to Russia and then come to some sort of arrangement for Ukrainian neutrality. And the Russians that lived there said, look, that just means that when you leave, the Ukrainian secret police shows up and murders us. So uh, we're not going to help you. Well, finally, the light bulb went on in Moscow. They said, we can't leave these people because once we pull out, these people will be killed. So they're so when when uh, when local office holders in these areas of Ukraine help organize uh, the referenda and the media refers to them as Moscow's proxies. All right. Uh, I'm smiling because I'm supposed to be at the shed right now and uh, I see that Mike is listening. And so it's going to be a half hour. Also, where else have you heard this, that the people who are Russian speaking and wanted to be a part of Russia will actually be in danger if they end up going back to Ukraine? You haven't heard this perspective ever anywhere. Everything we've heard is that these are fake referendums. I'm not even saying that they're real referendums, uh, but this is certainly some new information that these people are actually Russian-speaking, wanted to be a part of Russia, previously asked to be a part of Russia, and now it would actually be dangerous for them to go back to Ukraine uh, because Ukraine, you know, this country that we need to support that's so moral, uh, will actually kill these people for, I, I guess, uh, you know, standing or wanting to be with Russia. All right, we got a couple more topics. I believe that this is going to be the end of Referenda. Uh, our stay on YouTube for today. Yes, that is it. Goodbye, YouTube. The rest of this, it's just too interesting. And YouTube, they don't like when things get too interesting. They like mediocre interesting. So if you want to enjoy more of this, here's how you catch us. You can either go to my Twitter right now, Robbie the Fire, all one word. We'll be streaming live. You can also go to Odyssey, Twitch, and Rumble. I'm streaming live in all those locations. It's probably Robbie the Fire, all one word. Full video will be available once I get this posted. Uh, and I think the only place you can get full video now is probably Spotify. In the future, once I work out the workflow on it, it'll probably be available in all these locations. Sync, Michael. By the way, hate watch number two and three were great. Turn the subtitles on, though. Yes, I know. Email you. I will. All right. Good Good point on the subtitles. Not, not a bad idea. All right. We are leaving YouTube. Uh, come hang out in these other locations. All right, here for the home stretch, getting all the news in. All right, so this is uh, over the last couple of days, it seems like there's been some new information coming out 
about negative consequences of having taken the vaccines. Now, this is at the beginning of this. It seems to me like there was some new Freedom of Information Act that had been won. Uh, so to kickstart this party of too juicy for YouTube, let's give this a listen. Uh, that it was 463 days, you tell us, from the time that you requested this vSafe data. vSafe is a CDC program where you just kind of report how you're doing after you got the vaccine. 463 days to get it. Why did it take so long in your estimation, sir? It's a very good question. Why did it take numerous legal demands, multiple appeals, two lawsuits, in fact, before the CDC finally handed over the vSafe data, which is already de-identified data for the most part that they provided just two days ago, 144 million lines of code that they could have provided in a matter of minutes at any point. It's a great question. Maybe the answer is, is that now that we have that data and we've looked at that data, of the 10 million users within vSafe, 7.7% uh-huh. of them had to seek medical care after vaccination. That is an incredibly high percentage, it appears to me. Yeah, and, and I, if I can, and sir, I'm sure I just there want to put m- this graphic up it, to kind of follow along with you. You're right, 7.7 required sure. medical care. We're talking about emergency rooms, hospitalizations. There it is right there. And on top of that, not yeah. to, to go you one better, but this is your information, another 2.5 million, we're talking 25%, missed work or school or had bad reactions to the vaccine. What's the takeaway for you from this? Is it significant? It is. Uh, it seems incredibly significant. A big reason that they pushed the COVID vaccine is they said, look, not everybody's gonna get you know, seriously injured by COVID, but for many, it'll prevent them from having symptoms, being hospitalized, uh, missing work. Well, now that we have the data, we could see that getting the vaccine caused 25% of people who got the shot within mm-hmm. this data set of 10 million people to miss work, to This is actually something that I had been pointing out. I didn't quite have the numbers. So firstly, this is not saying uh, it's a little bit less compelling than what it sounds like. What this is basically telling us is that some people got sick after taking the vaccine, which we all know. And I had pointed out to people, like, if you got to take this thing twice a year and you know that it gets you sick for two days or three days or sometimes, uh, I mean, that's basically all I heard from people. So like, you're guaranteeing yourself six, six days, six six days a year or four sick days a year. How bad is Corona? If you're a healthy 24, 25 or 30 year old, right? And you're trying to avoid sick days. I mean, you're basically guaranteeing yourself sick days each time that you take this thing. And that just didn't sound like a great, you know, a great trade off to me on top of the fact of, Hey, this is new technology. It's not that helpful. And so why are you taking the risk upon yourself? But even from like just a sick day perspective, the trade-off didn't sound like a win. Now, this is a little bit, you know, more damning because it's actually saying what the numbers were. Then imagine if they were actually telling you the rates by which people were missing work or needed medical attention after getting vaccinated, uh, how many people would still be on board with it? Uh, now, it was four- even worse than that. Um, so this is, oh, I have this in the wrong order. So this is from Alex Berenson. Uh, the mRNA COVID vaccines are killing people plain and simple. Best guess, they lead to a 10% rise in non-COVID mortality and no reduction in Omicron deaths. Let's read that again. Best guess, they lead to about a 10% rise in non-COVID mortality and no reduction in Omicron deaths. This is Australian data, very clean because AUS had no COVID vaccine before 
uh, vaccines. Deaths are 17 above normal in 2022. Let's read the key statistics. In 2022, there were 92,690. No, we don't have to read that. You guys can go find Alex Berenson's Twitter. Uh, but I guess in looking at some of the all mortality data going up, it seems, at least in Australia, that you got more overall deaths and that something new must be causing that. Uh, hopefully, we'll actually get uh, more information. And who knows? Maybe we'll actually get that great court case against Fauci. Uh, Louisiana divests from BlackRock over ESG policies would destroy Louisiana's economy. They've got, uh, I think it was like $960 million invested in BlackRock. Pretty substantial amount of money. And they're like, yeah, you guys are fucking up the economy. Your whole ESG thing that wants to move away from fossil fuels is going to ruin Louisiana. So we are not going to support giving you guys money to enact policies that's going to ruin our economy. And hopefully that's not the first state to do this. I mean, there have been other states that have talked about it and other states that have talked about regulations and they've been talking about, hey, you guys are screwing over our retirees. Uh, but this is uh, this is a step in the right direction of, you know, it's interesting. The whole ESG thing was, hey, we're going to divest from certain investments. And now this is funny because these are people divesting from them and going, no, no, we just kind of want profits. We that That's the job here. We, we're giving you a lot of money. And we're not looking for you to make the moral recommendations for how mankind is supposed to live, particularly when it's just corporatism of you trying to protect some of your investments at the expense of others and potentially ruining economies. Uh, so, you know, good for Louisiana in terms of taking on the big player, which is BlackRock. All right. Um, I had some interesting information on the long-term health effects of people transitioning but I don't know why this came up. We're going to save this for tomorrow. The reason why this came up is because they're putting out a new video from Planned Parenthood about why you might want to delay your puberty. You might want to just take a little bit more time before you decide that you want to be a girl or a boy for the rest of your life. You know, because once you go through puberty, you've already gone through it. You're going to have those beautiful breasts. You're going to have that longer wiener or smaller wiener if you don't have good wiener genes, but at least it will be bigger than it otherwise was. You're going to have the pubic hairs. You're going to be dealing with all these changes. And so why not just give it a minute? You know, why not enjoy being a kid for a little bit longer and then going through all the awkwardness? Why not be the smallest kid at your high school without pubes for a little bit longer? Isn't that a good, doesn't that sound like a good time? Doesn't that sound like a good way to not get picked on and be made fun of? So we're going to save that topic uh, for tomorrow. Uh, so here we come into Rob's final solutions. First is if you haven't already seen this, here's a picture of a nice lady sealing the deal and uh, shaking Biden's nuts. He went out to Florida uh, to guarantee, uh, you know, that certain people, as long as they were Puerto Rican and not white, they might be able to secure government funds to, you know, rebuild their homes. Because at this point, we can't have socialism that supports white people until everyone in a minority has been taken care of first, because any other policy uh, would be certifiably racist. Uh, so he's out there and he's promising to help these people. And of course, it's a white lady that's representing the Puerto Rican group. These things get very confusing. And to uh, seal the deal, uh, she grabbed his long nuts because apparently Biden's so out of it, he doesn't even know uh, if uh, if you're shaking hands with him anymore. He gets confused. He doesn't know where what sides of stages he's supposed to walk off of. He doesn't know how to read teleprompters. He's getting very lost. And so now a simple handshake doesn't work anymore. He can't remember things like these. If you really want to make an impact, you got to grab him by the nuts and you really got, you got to shake those. You got to, sh and they're long nuts at this point. So you can really get a firm grip on them and you got to come in over the actual testes. You got to get like that. 
that, you know, the, the long hangy part and you got to grab that and you got to give it a, all right. And then you seal the deal. All right. So let's come in and let's, uh, let's get a final solution going. I'm confused. We need Rob to tell us something. Something meaningful. An actual conclusion. Something that can actually solve this. Not just nonsense. Not just more propaganda. But an actual solution. An ending. So... Here you have it. I'm trying to come down to a conclusion. I feel like uh, maybe politicians, they've read too many self-help books. They're too optimistic. They, 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 they believe too much in this manifesting thing. And they just think like, yeah, if we just say that we can run off windmills, we'll get to a point where we can run off windmills. And so I'm going like, we got we to gotta be a little bit more realistic. We got to be a little bit better at actually following data, not just pretending like if you say things, they actually happen. That's not the way it works. Ha have, have there been unique and great achievements? By people that stood up and said that they were going to do something and then they accomplished it. Sure. But how many failures also happen in that exact category? Like we almost need better numbers on how many people times people fail while trying to manifest something. Yeah. You read the self-help book, write down a goal, you put it on your wall. And let me tell you, Robert's vision board, it's worked great for me. I fully support. I call him every new year's. He puts me on his vision board and he's brought good things into my life. So I do believe there's some there's some good manifestors out there. And I also think if you're a good manifester and then you kill another guy, you can absorb his manifesting powers. It's like a Highlander thing. There's like advanced players on on, on Earth. There's like the rest of us who are a bunch of losers and we can't really do anything. And then you got your people that are like higher in the algorithm of however this matrixy thing works. And they're actually capable of manifesting things into reality. But sometimes they don't even realize that they have that superpower until they start getting really good at it. But then sometimes they live too close to other people that are capable of manifesting. And so this is my movie pitch. If you're out there, you got budget for a movie. It's a manifester who realizes that if he kills off the other manifestors, he can boost up his rank in the algorithm and manifest even bigger until maybe he can kill off all the other manifestors and become a god. All right. That was a weird tangent from my original solution that I was trying to say, which is that the politicians are not good at manifesting. And so they should quit pretending like just saying things are going to help rationing the oil so that no one has to pay more than a certain price is not going to help pretending like, uh, Hey, if we just get off fossil fuels before we're ready to get off fossil fuels is not going to help. What else won't help? Probably listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> or me just complaining about it. And that's our episode. Thank you for checking us out. Once again, go to jakesmanchew.com. Get yourself some CBD. We'll plug Sheath on the next one. So let's give another shout out to the loyal sponsor. Been with us the entire year. Yokratum.com, home of the $6 kilo. If you're out there, you're a fan of Kratom products, you won't find higher quality products for a better price anywhere on the internet. And then, of course, I've got more gigs coming at you guys. Going to confirm a bunch of dates. We're going to get them up. The only one that tickets are currently available for is Austin on November 5th with Scott Horton. November 4th will be coming up in Dallas and hopefully November 6th in Houston if I can find a venue. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will be back probably Saturday or Sunday with another episode. Good night.